Welcome to uh, this seminar. Uh, they asked me to uh, speak on reaching people who are hostile to Christianity. And of course, being Bulgarian, I'm, I'm going to try to give um, a Bulgarian uh, perspective um, on, on uh, how, how we can reach people uh, in uh, you know, countries that are really hard soil. Um, this picture, by the way, uh, is um, showing a semi-pagan dance um, in, a, in the cold water on a Christian festival in Bulgaria. So it tells you also uh, a lot about you know, uh, our situation. But uh, let me say a few words in the beginning about uh, me and uh, my wife. My name is Trev Trifonov. Uh, and uh, I'm native Bulgarian, so is my beautiful wife, Vane. Come on in, guys. Just take a seat and sit somewhere. And um, uh, so uh, we were born in Bulgaria, and uh, we are old enough. Uh, we were born in, in atheistic communist Bulgaria. Uh, that's why um, we, uh, you see now before you, uh, a repentant ex-communist. Uh, thank God, um, communism fell down in Bulgaria 30 plus years ago, and uh, we uh, uh, were, through different gut encounters, we uh, were exposed to Christianity, to this totally new world view, and um, you know, just got, got touched our hearts and minds, and Vanya uh, became a Christian in high school, and I became a Christian at university, and th there we met at university. And uh, through uh, the help of a Christian student movement, we uh, founded the first Bible study group at our university that was in the early 90s. And there we met actually Tim Autry, who is the IM director in Bulgaria. And we've been working with this Christian student organization for about 20 years before we, uh, Tim Autry uh, invited us on board with the uh, IM. And uh, so we now we have had our uh, ten, first 10 years with uh, this mission. We are very thankful uh, to be here. Um, uh, but we were atheists and God just uh, uh, you know, did an amazing job in the, those first years in the 90s. Many people in Bulgaria for the first time in their lives they went to church. They, they saw a Bible and uh, gave their life to, to, to Jesus Christ. Uh, so um, this next picture uh, we seem, uh, we look very happy, we're smiling. Um, uh, this is because we know the difference now that we are not atheists anymore. Uh, some people say, are you smiling because, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you became a church planter? Well, I, I'm smiling because I, I maybe I, I, was, I didn't have any idea what church planting was all about. Uh, but no, uh, we already knew. And um, so what we're going to do today... Uh, I'm going to give you, uh, to introduce you to the Bulgarian uh, culture, uh, speak a little bit about the cultural setting, the historical setting, for you to understand why Bulgaria is such a hostile country to, and nation to Christianity. And then um, I, I'm going to speak from our Bulgarian experience uh, as church planters, but also uh, we'll use uh, some other uh, uh, things that I've read in order to maybe suggest some ideas about how we can reach uh, people hostile to, to God. Uh, let me say in the beginning that nowhere in the Gospels 
uh, Jesus promised that the gospel will be embraced uh, by people with thankfulness and readiness. And the good news about the life, the ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ will always be scorned at by the majority of people uh, as a foolish message for weak people. That's what Bulgarians say. That's a foolish message for weak people. We should expect to, uh, for the gospel to be rejected because uh, it centers on the cross. The theologian John Stott points out that the, uh, the Apostle Paul defined his ministry as the message of the cross. And the cross spells death. It demands from the disciple of Christ death for the self and total commitment to his master. All these words evoke negative sensations and are avoided as taboo words by most of the hearers of the good news. And Stott uh, continues further, there is no greater cleavage between faith and unbelief than in their respective attitudes to the cross. Where faith sees glory, unbelief sees only disgrace. Yet intellectual and emotional motives for rejecting the gospel uh, are not the only stumbling blocks uh, for the people in their journey to faith. The gospel was written 2,000 years ago in a culture that was very different from ours. Uh, so we, we have further problems of translating the good news into a language that uh, most people, the people of 21st century, would understand. Uh, and communicating it in a manner that would bring down the barriers uh, and uh, barriers in skeptics and open the road for faith uh, in the only truth that uh, we have in life. So in order to do that, in order to bring down these barriers, uh, we must identify the factors uh, that make evangelism difficult in cultures uh, that are antagonistic uh, to the gospel. And I'm going to talk uh, mainly, uh, again, from our context in Bulgaria, but I think many or uh, some of uh, the things that uh, I say probably will relate also to other countries, not only in Eastern Europe, but also to the West and America in particular. After, after that, I can uh, suggest some strategies for reaching people who are hostile to Christianity for Christ. So, what are uh, the factors that make communication uh, of the gospel difficult in my country, in Bulgaria. Uh, first, let us consider what people believe about God in Bulgaria today. Uh, they think that God is an impersonal power or doesn't exist at all. This is the legacy of communism, from communism. And they hold that life on earth is accidental and unjust. Uh, the man, uh, man himself is a product of evolution and not a product of intelligent design. So uh, the claim that God is the source of truth uh, seems too naive uh, to non-believers. All truth is therefore subjective. Good and bad are only identif identified in age-long experience. Uh, that's what people say in Bulgaria. Uh, and uh, the meaning of life uh, for one, uh, to, is, uh, to, you know, to, leave, uh, to, to leave something behind, that is what they say. Uh, to earn immortality uh, by achieving to live in the generation's memory. That is the only way you can be immortal. Uh, respectively, life after death, heaven uh, and hell are considered to be inventions of the human mind. Matter is all there is. And... 
the only heaven or hell we can have is here on earth. Uh, and I, I'm sure many of you can relate with that. I know about this new atheism coming to America today. So to a great, uh, to a great extent, all this is a product of 45 years of aggressive communist propaganda. Uh, as a result, in today's post-communist Bulgaria, many value faith in self. To them, the essence, uh, uh, to them, a man is the most evolved species. Uh, and he defines all morals uh, and ethics. The belief that man is good in his essence leads to the presumption that he is able and will one day build heaven on earth. And that's what they were teaching us during communism. Uh, it is a mystery to me how people still believe that and have this optimistic out, uh, outlook uh, uh, with all the wars and the pandemic and you know, the AIDS, the inflation, all these problems that humanity is facing today, they still believe and they still trust in progress. Uh, a common expression you could hear is, how come this can happen in the 21st century? They wonder. So today, in, uh, uh, faith in God is replaced by faith in science, uh, faith in progress and reason, uh, in man's ability to cope with all the world's problems. Labor, said Darwin, turned the apes into men. Today, too, work is perceived as a basic means to prosperity and glorious future, as a tool that can bring salvation from poverty and aimless existence. Another consequence of, of this naturalistic view is uh, is relativism. Uh, if all moral uh, truths come from men, then it follows that uh, all truth is relative, right? And the stress on the individual leads naturally to individualism with its hedonistic overtones uh, and praise of outer appearance, fashion, personal happiness, physical satisfaction and career. On the other hand, we have the Christian uh, worldview uh, and the Christian subculture in Bulgaria. It's a very small, just 1% of newborn Christians in Bulgaria, but uh, thank God for, uh, for the church. Uh, and for us Christians, now God is something very different. He's, he's not an impersonal power. He's personal creator. He's triune. He's eternal. Uh, he's full of love. At the same time, he is absolutely just. He is uh, the absolute truth, the author of all physical and spiritual laws. And we evangelicals believe that man is created in God's image and likeness in order to, to serve and glorify God. Nature is given to man to subdue. Uh, oh, uh, and, and to oversee and take care of, uh, and creation, creation reflects the glory of the Creator. Uh, we hold that there is life after death, um, heaven and hell are as real as physical life and death. Uh, these conditions are held, uh, sorry, these convictions are held inseparably from our faith in the death and bodily resurrection of Christ. God and His character are the source of all beauty and goodness. His written word is the guide to Christ-likeness here on earth and eternal life in heaven afterwards. 
So there are so many differences, you know, we are, we are, we are miles apart. There's a big precipice between our worldviews in, in Bulgaria, what we believe and what the major uh, population uh, believes. Uh, uh, but apart from these differences, uh, there are other reasons creating difficulties for communicating the gospel. One of them is hidden in our ancient history. Uh, <clears throat> so, there have been Christian churches and communities in our land even in the first century AD. The Apostle Andrew actually came to my hometown Varna. Uh, Bulgaria, for those who don't know, is in southeast of Europe and uh, we are on, on the Black Sea coast. And the Apostle Andrew was going and founding churches uh, all around the Black Sea and in AD 56, according to church tradition, actually he found the church in Varna. And uh, so uh, there is a long history of uh, you know, Christian tradition in Bulgaria. But late, um, later, uh, Bulgaria adopted officially Christianity in 865, when the Bulgarian king Boris I gave political refuge to four of the saint, uh, four of the Cyril and Methodius disciples. Uh, and even though uh, there were many sincere believers back then, uh, most of them were many people were forcibly, so to say, converted into Christianity and their pagan rituals and traditions syncretistically incorporated into the Christian calendar. And that's why this explains the first picture that I showed to you, that uh, pagan uh, dance, uh, you know, celebrated on a Christian, uh, Christian festival. So now, Fast forward 1,000 years forward, uh, when the first Protestant missionaries came to Bulgaria in mid-19th century and started winning converts, they were condemned as heretics and sectarians by the jealous Eastern Orthodox Church. And since then, evangelical believers have always been a small minority as uh, treated as sectarians and national traitors by the mainstream church and the majority of people. Uh, most Bulgarians uh, are still influenced by this propaganda. And um, as most of the latter, uh, most of the people are highly ignorant uh, regarding the Bible and Christianity, any effort on part of uh, the Protestant believers in Bulgaria to share the good news, no matter how pure the motives, uh, no matter how sensitive the approach, uh, any efforts almost inevitably face people's fear and resentment. Uh, after the Second World War, during the communist regime, the high clergy of this Orthodox Church, many priests also, became secret, secret service collaborators. Uh, and after the democratic changes in 1989, few repented, few of them repented, despite the spiritual revival that occurred after the changes. This fact caused many people uh, to get disappointed and disillusioned uh, with the church and to leave the official church. You can see that in what they say on, on Facebook. Uh, add to this the present challenges with the pandemic and the aftermath of the pandemic, the long-lasting political crisis in Bulgaria, the war in Ukraine. Ukraine is very close to Bulgaria. There are many refugees and Bulgarian society is right now split. Uh, should we support Ukraine or should we not support? So you get the picture today. Uh, because of all these historical 
ideological, socio-economic factors and many other factors, Bulgarians in general are hostile to Christianity and especially to evangelical churches. People do their best to avoid us and even call us traitors, national traitors, fanatics, a sect. How can we then speak the truth when nobody listens? Uh, how can we be heard in the plethora of voices fighting for people's attention? Uh, so in what follows, I have drawn um, some insight also from Michael Green's book, Evangelism Through the Local Church, but I will be speaking also from our uh, experience in Bulgaria. So how can we reach people who are hostile to Christianity now in all the context? Now let's, let me share something about what we do. Um, the first thing that we, we love doing and we do is apologetics. Uh, the mission statement uh, of our New Life Church in Bulgaria is we exist in order to make disciples, plant churches and further the kingdom. How do we do that? Um, because of the, all the above mentioned, uh, Bulgarians are very skeptical about the truthfulness of the Bible. So uh, what we do is uh, try to reach through the mists of skepticism and confusion, misunderstanding and prejudice which keep people blind to the gospel. Um, these are words of, uh, said by Michael Green. So we do that by means of apologetics. Uh, we see in the Acts of the Apostles that the Apostles took pains to get inside the mental attitudes uh, of the people they spoke to. Um, uh, how do we do that? Uh, we do that by preaching apologetically, uh, by trying to reach not only the, the, the heart but also the mind and also by train, training people uh, in apologetics, um, by running apologetic seminars uh, and discussions uh, for non-Christians on different topics, you know, the existence of God. In Bulgaria, you have to start from this point, does God exist? Before you tell them that God loves them, you have to tell them that there is someone <laughs> who loves them. Uh, so uh, we talk about the trust worthiness of the Bible, the historical reliability of the Gospels, the historicity of the resurrection, the problem of evil and suffering, very big theme for Bulgaria. The miracles, are they possible? Um, the world religions, Islam, especially because we have a Muslim minority in Bulgaria. Uh, so uh, this has been our understanding since and, and practice since the very beginning, 10 years ago when we were starting the church. Uh, I had just written two apologetic books and we had, we, we had book presentations and we invited all our friends in the city of Varna, uh, everybody that we could think of. And uh, there were you know, a good number of people, about 70, 80 people that came to both book presentations and they bought my book and, and then uh, we invited them to church. Some people came to church, not many, but some came to church. Uh, apologetics is important in dealing with skepticism and prejudice to Christianity. That's why we encourage our people to, to know not only the Bible, but also to know their culture. Uh, as uh, the German, um, there are some seats here, guys, you can please come and, and be seated. Um, there are many seats available. Uh, maybe you've heard of Karl Barth, this German, German theologian uh, who uh, was you know, uh, you know, very famous during the Second World War and afterwards. He says, um, take your Bible 
and take your newspaper and read both. But interpret newspapers from your Bible. In other words, we don't have newspapers anymore. But just take your you know, Facebook, take your I don't know, internet, uh, uh, online uh, newspaper and, and read. Just get to know the culture and read both. A good example of uh, that is our History and Literature Club. Um, maybe uh, here. Um, <clears throat> we, we run this every year and what we do is just we discuss books that had been banned during communism. Many books in Bulgaria had been banned. You couldn't read them, you know. There was a big censorship uh, uh, because communists don't allow any other point of view. We, so we were brainwashed into communist uh, with the pro communist propaganda. But that's why now we are helping our people get to know about these books and also we draw parallels with the gospel. We give the Christian perspective uh, to these books. And people who love history and literature come and uh, they are challenged uh, by this. And so we are able also to apologetically uh, speak about Christianity. Also, we organize lectures and debates on, ho on hot topics of the day and uh, important cultural issues and tackle them from Christian perspective. Examples are the lectures on Islam and Christ that we organize, discussions on Eastern religions, something also very, very popular in Bulgaria. Um, and also there is a Bulgarian heretical cult uh, that, uh, that is, you know, also many people are fond of it, like it, but uh, we also had some seminars on that. So first thing, apologetics, that's what we do. Next is love, love. Uh, as we all know, very often the intellectual barriers people assert are just a smoke screen to hide their moral problems uh, or sins. Uh, often the problem is not the mind but the emotions. So in our apologetics we, we need to be aware of this and ask the right questions. And all this should happen in the context of love. Uh, we must speak the truth in love. Uh, love is the cure they say, uh, for all hurts and the antidote to hostility. In this, uh, we can look to Jesus. We can look to Jesus. He pulled down all barriers of hostility and skepticism. And he did that because he had profound empathy with people in their feelings and he cared for them. Men and women flocked to him. Uh, he transformed them. Uh, he showed love. Uh, and that is the heart of effective evangelism. And many people come to our church and they say, there is something about your church here. They say, that we feel the energy, you know. Uh, they, they're influenced by Eastern religions. They're, they don't know that this is the Holy Spirit just touching their hearts. Um, so, uh, so many people have never experienced a love without strings attached. Many have lost self-esteem. Uh, others have been abused in their childhood. Love can win them for Christ. Yet sometimes it, it takes years before the soil of someone's heart becomes soft and accepting the seed of the word. It takes patience uh, and hard work. There was one lady that came to one of the uh, evangelistic events that we were having for Christmas with kids. Uh, one of the moms came to my, my wife Vanya and she spoke with her and she liked very much the message that Vanya uh, gave uh, on Christmas. And they they started meeting, they became friends. And this friendship continued for nine years. They, 
They would meet you know, once a month, once in a couple of weeks. For nine years before this lady finally overcame her skepticism and fears and came to church. And now she is a newborn Christian and she is serving at the church. Uh, so sometimes it takes five years, ten years, maybe more. We're still having people that we started working with and they're still not in the faith. Uh, but sometimes that can change a person in a wink of the eye, wink of an eye. I listened to the testimony of a Bulgarian Christian uh, on the National Christian TV and she said, I grew up without my parents. Uh, I did judo. Do you know this sports judo? I don't know whether I pronounce it well. I did it as a, as a, as a child and teenager. Uh, I, I wanted to be strong. Sport was my only salvation. Although I had some nominal faith, I, I prayed I, I prayed sometimes and I prayed only before competitions, she says. I scorned the evangelicals. Uh, I managed to start my own business and I became very successful. One day someone challenged me to come to church. I was very skeptical, but I went. And the miracle happened. An angelic choir started to sing. It was so exciting. My tears were rolling down my cheeks. The pastor started talking and it felt like the pastor was talking about me. I was rich, but there was a big hole in my heart and I felt it started to fill the, the peace, uh, started filling with peace and love. There was no one next to me, but I felt as if someone was hugging me. I gave my life to Jesus there. I haven't missed a church service ever since. And she gave this testimony on, on a Christian TV show in Bulgaria. Uh, a similar thing happened to a 70-year-old guy. Um, he came to our church with, uh, with a big dose of skepticism again. And the service had already begun when he came. The moment he entered the room, he heard the worship music. And uh, he heard the voice of the vocal a uh, singer, that, that, that was our son, uh, and he was captivated by this angelic song, as he described it later, uh, and he gave his life to Christ. Uh, and then he was surrounded by, by the love of the people after the service, uh, and he, he knew the, Christ, uh, the love of God there. And uh, he went back home, and he started coming every Sunday to church. He can't he can hardly walk and there is a big staircase in our church there is no elevator yet but he comes he comes and uh, actually during the COVID uh, crisis he started serving to the other old people in his apartment block by going shopping for them he started showing this love to others uh, as I already pointed out because of this orthodox propaganda uh, Bulgarian people are very distrustful and suspicious you know in Bulgaria we don't have so much Catholics, we have Eastern Orthodoxy. That is the Eastern part of the, the Roman, old Roman Empire. And uh, so the Orthodox Church is, you know, the predominant, the mainstream church. But there is a strong Orthodox propaganda against anything that is not Orthodox, uh, mainly against evangelicals. So we have uh, our people that, because of this, they need not only to hear, they need to see the gospel. Uh, and Jesus showed the perfect unity of word spoken and word made flesh. And he wants us to do the same. Ephesians um, 2.10 says, For we are 
his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, as 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 church, we we run um, <clears throat> and we show this uh, love. Uh, in different ways. One, one way we do that is we run English classes for non-Christians. And you can see you know, one of those English classes. Uh, these are free. And the people's first question when they come to our church is, is it really free? They can't believe that somebody can do something for free. And we tell them, yes, uh, we do that because we are Christians uh, and our Lord is calling us to serve our community. So uh, we, we, we believe in, in God and we believe that, you know, we should be doing that. And uh, that's why we, we're just trying to serve you guys. And the class hasn't really added many people to our church, but it has been a great encouragement to us because it gives us uh, the setting. The, a pl it's a place where we can share our faith. Uh, and we have very often long conversations be before the class, after the class, during the class, we draw parallels to the gospel as we explain different words and um, you know, phrases, uh, grammar, if you like. Uh, so uh, we, we've seen some people come to church, especially this last year, we saw uh, a couple or three coming to church from the English class. Um, it's a great way for winning the trust and the it's an opportunity to share uh, our faith. So we, we keep on praying for those people who have come all these years to our English classes. In the last couple of years, we also um, ran, uh, we started running Bulgarian classes for Ukrainian refugees. You know, when the war broke out in Ukraine, uh, many refugees came to Bulgaria, hundreds of thousands. And uh, we still have about 20,000 uh, living in, in Varna, in our hometown, in the place where uh, the New Life Church is uh, in Varna. And, uh, and, you know, they, it is hard for them to integrate in society because they don't speak the language. That's why we offer this again uh, for free. And um, uh, here is what one of the Ukrainian ladies told us at, when she was finishing the language course. Uh, and I've shared this with some of you already. Uh, she said, before I came here for a Bulgarian language course, I went to two other places hoping to learn the language. Everywhere, either the atmosphere was kind of tense or the teachers were not kind. Uh, or they taught us the same thing over and over again without us making any progress. Then I found out about the course at the New Life Church in Varna. And together with my friend, we came. Suddenly we were welcomed with love and attention and our teachers taught us very patiently with a lot of tenderness and understanding and in just a few months I started to speak Bulgarian. And Bulgarian, let me tell you, it's a hard language. Some of you know that. Uh, do you know that Bulgarian is the language of heaven? Do you know why it is? Because it takes a whole eternity to learn it. <laughs> So, you know, it, it was hard for our Ukrainian friends, but she made this progress. She learned Bulgarian. She says, I learned it here with you. Uh, and one lady asked me in the store, in the grocery store, where do you learn Bulgarian so well? And she said, I learned it at New Life Church in Varna. And she says, I, you taught us 
not only the language, he taught us humanity, humility and love. He gave us food every time uh, we came, but he also gave us hope. You gave us your time, your faith, yourselves. We always felt accepted and loved at your place. Thank you for all you have taught us. And she said something that it's funny, but she says, I am ready to go with you anywhere in the world. You know, without worrying, she says, about anything. Uh, you are my friends, not just teachers, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And she's really, she really meaning, she was meaning that she comes to our Bible study uh, group right now. Uh, so, uh, apologetics, love and patience. Then, um, you know, we try to combine in our strategy, creatively, presence, proclamation and persuasion. Presence, proclamation, persuasion. Um, as the author Jeffrey Gordon puts it, well, you can see some of the Ukrainians here. So this guy uh, puts it, uh, he says, what we need is not so much a new and improved method of reaching seekers, but soul awakening events that help them realize they have a soul in the first place before they become willing to come to our seekers groups and other events. Uh, and further, Gordon quotes Rick Richardson who says that effective soul awakening efforts are the greatest missing link in evangelism today. Soul awakening boils down to all kinds of creative and cultural relevant ways of serving non-Christian people. Besides uh, the history and literature club that I told you about, and these uh, language classes, we also run movie discussions. We run a bread house um, every year, and that is a place where uh, my wife Vanna is teaching women to bake bread, to make bread, uh, and bread is very important to Bulgarians still today. Uh, even though we have a lot more foods uh, in the market uh, compared to communism, but bread is still very important. People love to eat bread. There, are, you know, bread in Bulgaria is very yummy. Have you, have you tasted bread? Those who who came, uh, and uh, we we miss Bulgarian bread here. Um, uh, so we invite these ladies usually just to learn to make bread. But as they are doing that. Uh, we are also drawing parallels with the gospel, with the bread of life, Jesus Christ. We also have done uh, free cardio checkups for elderly people, men's breakfasts. You know, it's hard to bring Bulgarian men to church, but they come to men's breakfast and we do Bible studies together with them. We do a computer, a computer literacy course for seniors. Uh, we volunteer at the rehab center in Varna. Uh, we do Christmas parties for Bulgarian kids, for Ukrainian kids now. And the goal is to awaken people to the spiritual reality they participate unconsciously in. They don't realize that re this reality exists and to make them think about who they are and why they are here. And once we, we have raised the awareness of non-Christian people of the existence of spiritual reality. We can keep on working on transforming this awareness into a well-established interest. And this is being achieved through holding pre-evangelistic events such as lectures, seminars, excursions, um, etc. These are most effective when done on the occasion of a big religious or national holiday festival. And people love their holidays, you know, 
and we connect that. So we are culturally relevant. Uh, another ongoing focus of our church is the small group evangelism. Uh, they, you know, they can be viewed as, as follow-up to uh, the above-mentioned bigger events. So we run evangelistic small groups, uh, alpha <coughs> evangelistic small groups. We run um, uh, other small groups uh, that are not alpha but also evangelistic. And we encourage people to, <coughs> sorry, to bring their friends that they have met at the soul awakening events. Bring them again to church and then you know, instill and you know, make them have even a bigger interest in, in Christianity. Because when you, when you meet a, a just the average Bulgarian, you tell him, you ask him, what is God to you? Is there a spiritual reality? He will be surprised at that question. They have never thought about this. I'm sure there are many people in America already who haven't thought about this. So we, we make them aware that there is such a reality and then we uh, go further than that. Uh, so, soul awakening and then discipleship. Discipleship. Our strategy for reaching out the people in Bulgaria will not yield fruits unless we realize the importance of discipleship over to just making converts. Once, because this is what happened when communism fell in Bulgaria. <clears throat> we were trying to make converts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but people didn't stay in church because nobody took care of them. They, they left the church. They came and they left. So we're starting again. We have to. We learned that lesson already. Um, <clears throat> people have to realize the importance of discipleship. And uh, what, you know, once the new, these new people decide to commit their lives to Jesus, we we invite them to our regular Bible studies. We invite them to the discipleship program that we're having at our church. And our strategy is to train them, to train other people, train them disciple other people. Um, <clears throat> Uh, also, I can mention the online presence. Uh, we have a very nice website and uh, a YouTube channel, and they are viewed by hundreds of people each week. Uh, all the sermons are published, uh, uploaded there, uh, also published uh, in my pastor's blog. Uh, so, uh, you know, many people are visiting, and uh, we have some people actually who came to church after visiting uh, these uh, websites. Uh, so, uh, you can see uh, Bulgaria as well as the U.S., uh, we have many factors. There are many factors that make evangelism difficult, uh, and these are post-communist, the post-communist worldview um, <clears throat> with its natural consequence, pluralism and relativism. Very similar picture to here, <clears throat> pluralism and relativism. Uh, and you're going to, you're also experiencing some communist things, the, uh, the you know, affiliation of clergy, Bulgarian clergy with the uh, secret services uh, and the, of the communist state, the lack of repentance, uh, <clears throat> the disillusionment with the official church, the force, forceful imposing of Christian faith uh, on Bulgarians 10 centuries ago and uh, the lack of biblical knowledge. All these factors, lack of, uh, you know, reformation if you like, all these factors make it very hard, and Bulgarians are very hostile. Yet Christ is stronger. Christ is stronger than uh, than all these strongholds that people lift up against the knowledge of God. As uh, Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter ten, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through <clears throat> mighty through God to, to the pulling 
down of strongholds. So by preaching apologetically, uh, trying to reach the mind, not only the heart, uh, speaking truth in love, uh, by all these soul awakening initiatives uh, and cultural relevant ways of serving non-Christian people, we try to break these strongholds. And God is doing that work. We are not, uh, you know, we just just the, the instruments. Uh, we try to uh, exhibit the fruit of the Spirit uh, in our lives, and and you know, just to be the the feet and the hands and and the eyes of Jesus. And sometimes it is very hard, as I said. It takes years, and it can be very disappointing. It is very disappointing. We get disappointed, um, uh, and it's very easy to start making excuses, right? Uh, I can't do that, I don't know what to say, and they don't, they're not listening. Uh, <clears throat> make excuses to stop sharing your faith. Uh, but you know, we try to keep on uh, the good fight and try to create opportunities for the gospel, um, nevertheless. And we have some, by the way, we have some good examples uh, to learn from in our recent history. Look at this guy. His name is Haralan Popov. When the Second World War ended, World War II ended, Bulgaria was abandoned to communist control. Uh, sadly, many pastors fell in line with uh, the new regime, but not this pastor, Haralan Popov. He used every opportunity to spread the word of God, even when communists threw him in prison. Uh, through the walls of, of their cells, uh, the prisoners communicated using a series of, of taps. Uh, and Popov stood with his back to, to the wall <clears throat> using a, a tin cup uh, behind him and using the Morse code secretly tapped out the good news of Jesus Christ to the prisoner on the other side. A young man responded wanting to hear more and as a result of this tin cup evangelism the young man gave his heart to Jesus Christ and he wasn't the only one touched by Popov's soul-winning zeal. Um, one day, Popov was startled to come upon a prisoner rolling a cigarette with a page from, uh, torn from a small New Testament. And page by page, the book was in danger of going up in smoke. Uh, and he said, how, how did you find this book? Um, he couldn't contain his tears of joy. Uh, the man said he had found it digging through a trash bin. And Popov asked him if he could purchase it with, with the amount of money he had left in his possession. And the prisoner agreed. Thrilled with the chance to read the God, uh, God's word, Popov memorized 47 chapters before the prison guards confiscated it. Next, Popov made the opportunity to teach English, English classes to prisoners in the exercise courtyard. He knew the guards didn't speak English, so he used those times to share the word of God with prisoners who were willing to learn English better. <clears throat> so are you in a situation where it is difficult to share your faith? Uh, I think most of us are. Uh, so instead of making excuses, let us create opportunities. Uh, let us awaken the souls and draw people to Christ. Amen.